This is Come and See from St. Andrew's Anglican Church for Sunday, August 23rd, 2015. The Gospel is taken from the book of John, chapter 6, verses 56 through 69. The message is by Father Ron Baird. Does this offend you? Not really words we expect Jesus to say, is it? Does this offend you? I mean, who can be offended by Jesus? He is, after all, the Lord God, King of the universe. I mean, why would Jesus offend anybody? Well, to understand what's going on in the context of the gospel, you have to go back to the beginning. We've been in this discourse on I am the bread of life for so long, you've probably forgotten what happened at the beginning. Um, Seems like we've been in it all month. But at the very beginning, Jesus had left the crowd after feeding the 5,000 with the loaves and the fishes and then had gone to Capernaum and the cra- on a boat. And the crowd had followed around the edge of the sea until finally they found him. Apparently they liked the free meal, and so they wanted more. Um, and so they are there thinking, this is like the manna from heaven. We want this bread, you know. And Jesus then starts on this whole discourse of, I am the bread of life, trying to explain to them that, you know, the bread that I gave you before, that doesn't fill you up for long. You, know, you have to have more. But I am the bread of life. And he who eats this bread will never hunger. And people were going, okay, I'll take that. Sounds good to me, you know, whatever. They still don't quite get it. So he changes the verb that's being used here when he says, whoever eats this bread will live forever, which is phage in the Greek, which is the normal word they use for eating. And he changes to trogo. And trogo is the, the word that means to gnaw on, like a dog gnaws on a bone. You know, so it's eating like an animal. Um, is, is what he's really talking about. Well, that's getting to be, you know, kind of over the top, isn't it? And if that weren't enough, he changes it to say, who eats my flesh? And they're going, whoa, <laughs> you know, do I look like a cannibal to you? No bone sticking out of my nose. I mean, yeah, I mean, there's nothing going on here. And so, you know, and if that weren't enough, he changes it to whoever eats me. That's pretty specific, isn't it? And it says that they started murmuring amongst themselves. Now, I know you all find that hard to believe, that church people would murmur. But <laughs> from time to time, things happen. And, and, because they were offended by the whole notion of, of you know, eating somebody's flesh and drinking their blood. And it says that many of the disciples at that point left him. They walked away. A lot of people have pointed to different points in Jesus' ministry that were very low. They point to the Garden of Gethsemane or on the cross where he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And those were certainly not cheerful times. But I've often wondered if this is one of the great low points of his earthly ministry. To see so many of the people who had been following turn around and go, whoa, that's too much for me. I'm out of here. (laughs) I can't follow that. You're asking too much. Because he had offended them. He hadn't been the God they were looking for. And all too often, that happens to us in life too. Has Jesus ever offended you? You know, at first our answer was, I thought about this weekend, and my answer was, well, of course not. I mean, Jesus is meek and mild, and, you know, he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I'm his own, and, you know, Jesus is my brother, and all that good stuff. Why would he offend me? I mean, that's not why. But the truth is, actually, he offends me often. Um, because 
As Isaiah put it, my ways are not your ways, says the Lord. And the stuff that he calls us to do or asks of us in, in the world's view don't always make a lot of sense. You know, you're going, well, how does that work? You know, and he gives us answers like, with God, all things are possible. Oh, thanks. I mean, it's almost like Moses. How, how will I know, you know that what you're telling me if I go to Pharaoh and tell him all this stuff? How will I know that, that this is all real? How would they, why would they believe me? I tell you what, bring everybody out of Israel all the way back here to Mount Sinai. And when you get here, that'll be the sign for you that you made it. He's probably going, so I guess if we don't make it, we know it didn't work out. I mean, <laughs> you know, what, what kind of deal is that? But very often... God is like that. He's challenging us to step out in faith, you know, and, and not giving us all the details, but telling us, trust me, trust me. And that's exactly what he's doing here. He's saying to the people, I am the bread of life. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood will live forever. Trust me. But a bunch of them couldn't do that. And so they turn around and they left. And you can kind of tell it's a low moment for Jesus by the way he addresses the people who are remaining, and particularly the 12 who were there. He turns to them and says, will you leave me too? You know, and then an interesting way of putting it. So you leaving too? You know, everybody else took off, you're going to do it? And Peter, in his usual bumbling way, I really doubt if Peter thought this through because he never thinks things through at the time. He just says them and then Later on, he figures out what that meant. But, um, but he just says, well, where would we go? You have the words of eternal life. Where would we go? And isn't that the truth? Where would he go? Once you have tasted the life, the very life force of God within you, and you've seen the vividness of the world that God has truly created, not the one that we want it to be, but the one that it really is, then where would you go? And if he is life itself, and you walk away from it, what do you walk away to? But death. So where would we go? 